Amen. My faith is strong today. I have a strong resolute this morning. Amen. That I trust in Him. I'm going to know you can't trust in a lot of things today, but you can trust in God. Amen. How many can say, I believe in Jesus Christ. I believe in eternal life. I believe there's a heaven. I believe there's a hell. I believe in the resurrection of Jesus. And I believe in the return of Jesus Christ today. Amen. Hallelujah. You may be seated. Good to see everybody here today. Uh, those who are joining us online, welcome. Thank you uh, for joining us. And we just pray that God blesses you in some way. Whatever we say or do here today, we just bless you and your family. So that's our heart today. How many uh, know when we walk in the lobby, we have our vision statement to love, to grow, to reach. And um, not just something we, we put on the wall. It's something that we really direct everything to in our church. And uh, we believe that God is doing some good things around here. Amen. How many believe, amen, that God's doing some good things, right? And uh, really, uh, we just believe that we're moving forward in our church. This year, we're going to move forward with uh, change and direction and, and intention and uh, just staying on, on mission, on point to what Jesus called us to. How many know God's got a great call for our lives? Amen. He's just got a good thing going. And we really want an, an unlimited vision with an unstoppable God. That's really what we're after. Amen. And so we believe that some things are happening this year and some good things. We're going to be uh, having some uh, life groups. We're going to be doing those and, and uh, introducing some Bible classes this year and see how that goes. And over at the OC and... Um, Really doing some uh, outreach to families over the OC. We're excited about that this year. And I don't know about you, but I just can't wait to kind of do some more cooking over there and barbecue and whatever we're going to do over there. But reaching families. And uh, I, I believe, as, as many people have said, and we've said, it's a new day for us. Amen. It's a new era, new season. And uh, I, I believe that with my heart that God's doing some good things. And I don't know about you, I just want to go where God is. I just want to go what God's doing and what God's, where God's moving and, and uh, be where God is. Amen. So we're excited about what God wants to do. Uh, with us, with you, with me, and our church, and how he wants to really touch our city. How many know God loves our city? I mean, he just loves our city, he loves the people in our city, and we're going to work together with other churches, and uh, we believe that we're going to grow. We believe that, you know, in our church that we're going to see new families coming in, new people getting saved, coming to Jesus. Amen. How many know that's the greatest miracle right there? Amen. And uh, we want to see people get saved and grow, and we uh, believe that maybe someday we'll do multiple services, and maybe a new campus, new, uh, maybe even a new facility and so uh, we believe God's going to keep sending us all over the world and over the neighborhood and the nation and so uh, we're excited about it. Amen. So that's our that's our vision. That's our goal is to grow, to love, to grow and to reach and so we're so excited about that those that are really taking the growth track and saying, you know what, I want to be a part of that. I want to be a part of, of what God's doing here. And we have just a great leadership team and we believe in team leadership. We believe in, in uh, outreach focused ministry and we believe in uh, just really body ministry and that's where we're going so amen just a little plug there for those you new here and that's our that's our vision and we um you know preached a, a few weeks ago or months ago actually now and I did a series and uh, out of Titus chapter 2 and uh, I don't know if you knew that I only got to two parts of that series and I just felt it was timely to uh, finish up on that and do the third and out of Titus chapter 2 verse 11 we're going to read that we're going to pray I'm going to talk to you today. The Bible says, For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men, teaching us, the grace is teaching us, and to uh, deny ungodliness, worldly lust, that we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world or age, looking for that blessed hope and glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us that he might redeem 
us from all iniquity and purify unto himself a peculiar people zealous of good works. How many love God's word, right? Amen. Let's pray. Lord, we just thank you for your word today. Thank you for this moment in time that we have just to set aside to hear your word, to speak your word, and to be changed by your word. I pray, Lord, that Lord, that we would just yield to the power of your word today. And Lord, maybe there'll be something that you'll just teach us from your word that would change us. And we just give you all the praise and all the glory. And everybody said, Amen. For those of you new, we talked about living under the influence. L-U-I. Living under the influence. And we talked about living under the influence of amazing grace. Just that grace-filled life. We talked about living under the influence of the cross. That crucified life. The living under the influence of the Holy Spirit. That supernatural life. And today, I feel like it's appropriate really to talk about living under the influence of the end. The overcoming life. Amen. And so, you know, when I talk, talked about weeks ago really it seems like now about being under the influence one of the things that I realized about living under the influence of grace and the power of grace in my life the impact of grace in my life is that if I were to say that grace has never changed me and that God has never done a work in my life I don't know how that would how, how I can make sense out of that it's almost anomaly it it doesn't make sense it's abnormal because the word uh, salvation literally means to ch- have your heart change and a mind change how many know you can't be a Christian and not be changed the grace is going to change you God's grace has a way of impacting your life and I believe on a daily basis and so to say that I'm not really changed or God hasn't done much in my life man that just doesn't make sense you know, when we put a substance on our body or take a chemical or whatever, how many know you're under the influence of that, right? The way you talk, the way you, you, know, the way you see, your vision, uh, your understanding, your actions, your mood is under the influence of that substance. Well, how much more should we be living under the influence of God's grace? How much more does God's grace in our lives change us? It changes the way we talk, changes the way we see, changes the way we act, right? Kind of even changes our mood sometimes, amen. How many believe the grace of God has come to change us, right? Amen. And so we see that really what happens is is that in order for us to be influenced by God's grace, is the key is, is my response. It's how I yield to it. It's how I choose to yield to it. And I, I want that. I want to yield to God's grace in my life. And that's the power that allows God's grace to change me. Come on, somebody. Amen. When you yield to it, when you open up to it, when you receive it. Is that right? When you... When you take it in, when you yield to it, that's what it means. And so to be, you know, really to yield to the grace of God, to choose to be formed by a principle of God's word. I, I want to be shaped by, by a behavior that, that the Lord's tr- trying to get me to. Come on, somebody. Amen. How many know God is changing you on a daily basis? Amen. Right? And so I believe that uh, no longer, I'm no longer the same, but God's changing me by his grace. Did you know the world is under an influence? The Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 that the God of this world has blinded the minds, not the eyes, the minds of those that don't believe. How many believe that the world is under an influence? If you were, before you were saved, if you were in witchcraft or the occult or some type of mysticism, you understood that in in order to really be a part of that, you had to yield to something. You had to come under the influence or operate under the influence of that. Right? You had to operate in some type of influence of another power. But how many know we're operating under the influence of the power of grace in our lives? Amen. I'm no longer the same. Amen. So now I'm living in a, a grace-fueled life, in a crucified life, in a supernatural life. And I believe that we can live an overcoming life. Amen. And so I personally believe that those that are living under the influence of the end embrace eternity. 
Amen? How many believe that? So those that are living under the influence of the end embrace eternity. You realize a couple things. You realize, first of all, that you are an eternal being. You have a body, a soul, and a spirit. How many know that when you were born again, your spirit got born again? Amen? Your body got baptized and your soul is being renewed day by day. We're, that, we're eternal beings. When God created us, He created us that we would be uh, living forever. We'd be eternal beings. The Bible says we're made in the image and likeness of God and we're eternal beings. And So you come to that revelation and that knowledge. You know, one of the things that I realize is that death is not my end, eternity is. Amen? Death is not my end. Eternity is. My life continues on, so then my goal continues on. My, my end game continues on. And that my life doesn't end on earth. Come on. My life doesn't end on earth. And so therefore, what? Eternity is my goal. <laughs> how many believe eternity is my goal? That's right. I mean, how many feel that way? This, this isn't the end right here. My life is not the end. I'm just continuing on. Amen. Eternity, I'm just going on. I'm continuing on. And so it's not my end. Death is not the end for me. Death is just a way that I get to the end. My means, my goal. Amen. Which is eternity. And so I realize that. I realize that about myself. But also, you've got to understand, I believe we understand two important principles. Number one, God is eternal. God is eternal. God has always been God is timeless. He lives outside time. He created it. He lives, uh, you know, he just isn't, you know, uh, controlled by the restraints of time. God is timeless. He's endless. The Bible teaches us about the eternity of God, that he is an eternal God. He has always existed, the Bible teaches us. And if you believe that, you believe that Jesus, amen, existed always also, amen. But there's never been a time when God didn't exist. There's never been a time, there's no, you can't go back to a time and say, well, that's when he started existing and that's when he'll stop existing. How many believe he's endless? God is an eternal God. And so the Bible says that when Moses asked the Lord, he said, who, who should I tell Pharaoh that sent me? He said, tell him that I am, that I am has sent you. I mean, no, he's the I am God. He's the eternal God. Amen. Jesus said that before Abraham was, I am. Amen. He's the ever-present God. The Bible teaches us a couple things that are really good. And one of the things that teaches us about God is that, again, He's not limited to time. He created time. He created it for us, really. It's like, thanks a lot for that, Lord. You created that for us. He doesn't need it. But everything to Him is in the present. Everything to God is in the present. That's why He's called the eternal I Am. Everything to God is in the present. Therefore, so he, he can tell us what will happen in the future, but because it's not future to Him. It's present to Him. How many know the past is present to Him? He remembers everything. I mean, he, come on. And He knows the future. How many know God knows all? How many believe that God knows all? He is all. The Bible says He's not just... In all, but He is all. <laughs> and so He knows all time. He knows those things. So when God speaks about your future, you're like, ooh, in 10 years, wow, God wants to bless me. Well, God's speaking it like it's happening right now because He's eternal I am. Amen. When Abraham talked about God, he talked about the everlasting one. Isaiah prophesied about the everlasting Father. And then he said of the increase of His government, there shall be no end. David said this in Psalms 145, he says, God, your kingdom 
is an everlasting kingdom, and your dominion endures throughout all ages. In Psalms 90, before the mountains were born, you brought forth the whole world. From everlasting to everlasting, you are God. How many believe we serve an eternal God? Amen. Thank the Lord for that. Paul, when he was talking to Timothy, and he wrote this, and he addressed his letter, and he said, Now to the King eternal, immortal, invisible, the only God, be honor, glory, forever and ever. I mean, I believe that with all my heart. And Jesus said this when John saw him on the Isle of Patmos in Revelation chapter 1 that he said, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, right? I am he that liveth and was dead. And then he said this, he said, I was the one that was, I am the one that is, and I will be. I'm the one to come. Amen. That's what Jesus said about himself. How many know Jesus has the power of endless life? Jesus alone has the power of endless life. The writer of Hebrews went in and he began to give the picture of Jesus. How uh, in many chapters of Hebrews gives the picture that Jesus was the great high priest. And he has to go back and he gives examples in the Old Testament about great high priests. And he has to go back and he, he talks about the sacrifices. How many have read Hebrews and you realize, man, he talks a lot about the, Hebrew, the, the priest and the sacrifice, doesn't he, right? And he correlates it with Jesus, that Jesus is the high priest. And one of the things he says in Hebrews chapter 7, he said that Jesus was going to be better or like the high priest, the great high priest, Melchizedek, in the Old Testament. Now, one of the things about this priest, it's interesting, they, they claim that you really can't trace his beginning and really there's no lineage or trace of his ending. But he's called the great priest because he's not just the priest, he's the king and priest. As the Bible says, he's the king of, uh, um, in the Bible. He talks about that. And in Psalms 110, it's a messianic prophecy that Jesus wasn't going to be the priest, the high priest, based on his lineage or because of the sacrifices that he does, but because he has the power of the endless life. How many believe that Jesus has the power of an endless life? Amen. And so when Jesus died on the cross, he gave us that gift of eternity, of eternal life. And I believe in that today. Amen. And one of the things that's so clear is that God is, is an eternal God. And because He's an eternal God, He cannot lie. Everything He says, in fact, anything He says can never be broken. How many believe that? How many believe that His name is eternal? His mercy is eternal. His judgments are eternal. His will is eternal. His purpose and His word is eternal. Jesus himself said that heaven and earth will pass away. That's prophetic. But my word will never fade away. The writer of Psalms said, Lord, your word alone is forever settled in heaven. How many believe we serve an eternal God? Amen. His word's eternal. So when you sit down and you read this word and you say, you know what? This isn't a word that just is for today. This isn't a word for eternity. Amen? So we serve an eternal God. His name is eternal. His word is eternal. So whatever comes from God is eternal and lasting. Whatever God does and says is everlasting. He's eternal, right? So one of the things we understand is not just that God is eternal. We're eternal beings. God is eternal. But here's what we also understand is that salvation gives us eternal life. The salvation that Jesus came to give us, gives us eternal life. Turn with me to John chapter 3. Very familiar passage of scripture, I'm hoping, for most of you. Starting in verse 14, the Bible says, As Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, 
that whosoever will believe in Jesus, the Son, should not perish, but have everlasting life, eternal life. And here we go. We love this one, right? For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whoever believes in Him will what? Should not perish, but have everlasting life. Everlasting life. His salvation brings eternal life. For God sent not His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that through, the, through Him the world might be saved. Amen? And we believe this, and we believe this with all our heart, that God loved us and He gave us eternal life. John goes on to record several other times. In chapter 6, verse 47, he says, He that believes on Jesus has everlasting life. Anyone follows my word, Jesus said, will never see death. That's pretty powerful, isn't it? You believe in his word, you'll never see death. And the Bible says in John 17, 3, And this is eternal life, that they may know you, Jesus praying, the only true God and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. This is eternal life, that they would know the true God and the Savior, Jesus Christ. This is eternal life. So we have the promise and the gift of eternal life through Jesus Christ. And you know, it's important to understand that we are to give the world and offer the world an invitation to eternal life. That's why our ministry here on earth is so important. Amen. It's, it's not just that we don't have anything to do. How many know it's very important because we want to take people to heaven with us? Amen. How many know that's really the only thing you can take? Yourself and other people. Amen. But Jesus came to give us eternal life. And I celebrate that today. I thank the Lord for that today. And so salvation really is the saving of our souls with the promise of eternal life. Someone said, well, what does it mean to be saved? What is salvation? You can tell them salvation is the saving of our souls with the promise of eternal life. This is our promise in Jesus Christ. That when we lay our, our, close our eyes for the last time, we will be with Jesus. Amen. That when we do perish from this earth and our bodies do are laid in the ground, for the last time we will, we will breathe for the last time. The Bible gives us this promise that we will have eternal life. We do have it through Jesus Christ. Amen. Hebrews chapter 9, verse 12, and then I'll skip over to verse 15, but it says in, in verse, 9, uh, verse 12 of chapter 9, Jesus did not enter by means of the blood and goats, meaning he entered into what God had for him, but, the, but he entered the most holy place once for all by his own blood. And so he obtained, or he received, he re got eternal redemption. That's how he got it. Verse 15, for this reason, Christ is the mediator of the new covenant. That those who are called by, uh, may receive the promised inheritance or the eternal inheritance. So those that are called by God may receive the promised internal or eternal inheritance. And so now that Jesus has died as a ransom to set people free from their sins committed under the first covenant. That's why Jesus came. And so the Bible says that we can receive this promised eternal inheritance that Jesus purchased by his own blood. How many are thankful today that Jesus bought your eternal salvation? Amen. Amen. And you know, if people think, well, if I don't go to church, I'm not saved anymore. No, that's eternal. Amen. And, and the Bible says that it's not just something that God does temporarily. This is eternity. And I love that about salvation, that it is eternal life. And sometimes we skip over this so fast. We just get, we ask God to love the world. He gave his own big eyes, blah, 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 eternal life. Have you ever thought about eternal life? Have you ever thought about living forever? The Bible says that not only we are created in the likeness of God, and so therefore we're eternal beings, but you know, there's something else that happened. God always intended us to live forever, always intended that for us. And He intended us to live with Him forever 
experiencing eternal life. That, 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 that kind of that vibrant life. But the Bible says that something happened, sin interfered, sin broke that and brought in a curse. And another covenant was, had to be designed and made that we would eventually be saved and redeemed from that. But how many know sin brings death, the Bible says? The Bible makes it clear that it's not, well, it, you're just going to experience bad days. No, the Bible makes it clear that sin brings eternal death. If you're an eternal, eternal being, you're either going to live eternally or you're going to experience death eternally. That's what the Bible says. And so it's very important that we just say, okay, well, you know, we're all saved and that's all great. But, you know, there's something that we were brought from into. We were brought from darkness, brought from death into light, into life. We were rescued from death. Amen? Come on. We were all born, the Bible says, into this, this really, the sentence of spiritual death forever. And Jesus Christ, by His blood, through His resurrection power, gave us eternal life. Amen. That's why it's so important to understand that. In John chapter 12, verse 24, Jesus talked about His life and how He would die. He said, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it abides alone. But if it dies, if it dies, that's the key, if it dies, it bears forth much fruit. And whoever loses his life, loses it forever. And whoever hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. Amen. This is the new covenant. How many are thankful for the new covenant? You know, under the old covenant, they had Abraham's bosom they talked about and paradise. And they talked about that we would go to this place that, you know, we please God and, and, and hopefully we die pleasing God so that we can go into uh, Abraham's bosom and paradise. But you know, the New Testament calls it the kingdom of heaven. How many know Jesus came to give us the kingdom of heaven, to show us the kingdom of heaven, which is eternal life. So I'm so thankful for that. Amen. So this was the old covenant that they were under, but the new covenant promises, amen, the kingdom of heaven. That we have it. We have it. We have eternal life. Amen. And not only did Jesus purchase our salvation, but one of the things I love about the salvation that Jesus brings is that he defeated death. When John saw Jesus on the Isle of Patmos, he said he has the keys of hell and death. You know, if you own something, you have the keys to it. And so how many know Jesus conquered it? He beat it. He defeated it. The Bible says that this was the last enemy that we faced as human beings. This was the last thing that we faced before Jesus came was death. But how many know Jesus conquered death? Amen. He beat it. By resurrecting from the dead, the Bible says that he made, he, he really, the pains of death, Jesus took the pains of death. So that we don't have to experience the pains of death. Amen? How many are thankful for that this morning? Amen. So one of the things we have to understand is that salvation is a spiritual condition, not a religious view. Come on, somebody. Amen. We're not trying to get somebody on our side so that we can have, you know, just kind of that view that we can prove ourselves right. This is a spiritual condition. So when we're talking to people that don't know the Lord, this is a spiritual condition. When the Bible says that the God of this world has blinded the minds, that's a spiritual condition. Jesus said that this present age, this faithless generation is crooked and perverse. That's, that is talking about the spiritual condition of the world. And how many know that the gospel comes to heal the spiritual condition of the world? Amen? How many know it healed you, didn't it? <laughs> and healed you of your spiritual condition, amen, and gave you life, life more abundantly. And I love that about the Lord. And I love that about salvation of Jesus. It's not just something that I feel better about myself and that maybe someday I hope that if i just good enough, I can just kind of get into the pearly gates. 
The Bible says that if I believe in Jesus Christ, I have eternal life. Amen. Hallelujah. So, you know, the Bible, again, says that Jesus saved me from death and gave me life. Whoever believes in God has crossed over from death to life. Isn't it great that your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life? Heaven is your home. You're a citizen of heaven. How many can lift your hand to heaven to say, man, I'm a citizen of heaven today. Amen. My name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. When the books are open, plural, I won't have to worry about heaven or hell. I've already decided that. I already decided where I'm going to. I've received eternal life. I'm going to live forever with the Lord. Amen. That's good, isn't it? Amen. And so sometimes I think that we're so busy living in the now that we're not focused on living tomorrow, living in the future, living in eternity. Eternal life kind of escapes us a little bit because we're so weighed down with today, right now, the job, money, the economy, what's going on, politics. We're so weighed down with the here and now, with today, with, with right now, with the physical. But one of the things we've got to keep in focus is that life is temporal. Our time here is temporal. You've got to see that. See, the Bible says that he's come, Jesus came to give us spiritual life, eternal life, and then he came to give us abundant life, something in this life. But he talks over and over and over again one of the most powerful principles of the Christian faith that we need to be living in by grace is the fact that this life is temporal. How many believe that? Well, some of you are just so temporal, you can't even... Think about that beyond tomorrow. Life is temporal. It's limited. It's partial. It's incomplete. The Bible says we're not complete yet. This is incomplete. This life is only a small, real small part of our existence. And yet we think it's the greatest thing ever. I mean, you, you live maybe, maybe 100, 100 years old. I mean, if you think 100 years old, we're, we're all like, whoa. And yet God's called us to live for like trillions of years from now. Amen? And so we're, we're like, man, that, that life is temporal. All the problems you're going through, all the pain that you're experiencing, it's all temporal. It's not going to last. Well, I've got a lot of money issues. Well, they're not going to last. That's why Paul said, I'd rather be with the Lord than be here. <laughs> it's better to be in, the, in, in heaven with Jesus than to be here on earth. He said, but I guess i got to be here for now. How many know this life is temporal? This isn't something that we just bank on and like man we put all our investment in this life Jesus said lay up treasures in heaven that's pretty good isn't it that's pretty neat amen and so life is temporal and so too too many people just live for today maybe that's what they're blinded by maybe that's what their minds are blinded by that they can't see beyond to, uh, today they, they can't see that there's a tomorrow they can't see that that God wants to live with them and have them live with him forever maybe they can't see that maybe that's why they're blind. But let me just say this. Do not let the temporal overshadow the eternal. Amen? Do not let the temporal overshadow the eternal. Paul said that we need to take hold of eternal life to which you were called. Get a hold of it. Grab a hold of it. Hang on to it. Not as if you're going to lose it any day. Come on. He didn't say it that way. Hold on to it. Like you might lose it tomorrow. No. What he meant was by faith Hold on to it constantly. Let it be something that you're thinking about and living by and something that you're very aware of is eternity. Amen. Man, when you go through something and, and you just kind of you know, hear bad news or you, you hear a, a bad report from the doctor, understand that it's only temporary. 
this broken body is going to have a new body someday. Amen? Thank God for that. You know, your financial trouble, that's not going to last. There's not any of that in eternity. This is only temporal. Jesus said, that's why he said, invest in the things that are eternal. What really matters? What will last? Jesus said, put your investments there. Amen. Not just your money. Put your investments there. And the Bible says this is our spiritual inheritance. It's something that's waiting for us. It, and it says it's reserved in heaven for you. I believe it's in 1 Peter 5. It says it's reserved in heaven for you. This is your inheritance. Well, I got something coming to me. No, this is your inheritance is eternal life. Think about it. So, so to me, eternal life is like I've got a gift card that I'm going to cash in. I mean like gift cards at Christmas. I love those things. My wife and I get gift cards occasionally. We love those. We tell people, if you don't know what to give us, give us a gift card. We'll make it happen. But how many have ever kind of like us, you get so busy during the year that you have to spend those gift cards in December? So almost every night of the week in December, we're out to eat. No, I'm just kidding. Right? But how many believe that eternal life, the Bible says, it's like that gift card you get. Amen. When I get saved, I've got eternal life. And I'm going to cash this in. It's reserved in heaven for me. Amen. And so the Bible says that in this life, we're strangers, we're pilgrims, we're just passing through. It's not something that will last. It's something that we're, we're just passing through. Amen. I do believe that the decisions we make today will affect our tomorrow. We'll talk about this some other time. But we're really in a time of grace, the Bible says. This is the dispensation of grace, or the time of grace. In a temporary place. What does that mean? When Jesus stood up and he read from Isaiah and he said that he came to proclaim the acceptable day of the Lord. How many have ever read that? The acceptable year, acceptable day of the Lord. Amen. Many people think, well, well, that was, you know, that time when he was born. No. What he meant was, is that from the moment Jesus came to the earth, God was manifested in flesh, he came in human form as a baby. Come on, Jesus, right? born of a virgin, from that time, the Bible says, until he returns, is called the time of grace. The door to heaven is open. Whoever believes in Jesus Christ and confesses that he's Lord shall be saved, will enter into that door and receive eternal life. But how many believe, just like we see the picture of Noah's Ark, there's a day that that door will shut. There's a day that people will cry out and that grace won't be there to be saved. That's what the Bible teaches us. We say, oh, you're just doom and gloom now. No, it's reality. This is the beauty of eternal life, but it's also the, the serious soberness of eternal life. We can't just be flippant about it. We can't be just, well, you know, it's, it's not a big deal. I'm saved, and I don't care if anybody else goes to heaven. No, this is, this is serious, the Bible says. This is important that we are in this time of grace. This is this dispensation of grace. So the Bible says that we've got work to do in this time. In the, in, the, in the years that you've been given to breathe and to exist on this earth, those important, those choices are so important, but there is work to do. There's something to do that, because there's a time that we are living in, and that time, Jesus called it the end of the age, will come. How many believe this is a time of grace? We're in a time of grace, and it's a temporary place. And so, you know, the Bible says in 1 John, now we see through a glass darkly. We only can see a little bit. We see through a glass darkly. And it yet does not appear what we shall be, but when we see Him, we shall be like Him. That's what the Bible says. We look through a glass darkly right now. We're seeing through frosted glass, as it were. We can make out images, but we really don't see it. 
1 Corinthians says that we know in part, we prophesy in part. But when that which is perfect is come, all this stuff that's in part shall be done away with. He talks about our completion. That we're not going to be complete until we receive eternal life, until we enter into heaven and eternal life. Then we're complete. A lot of people think, well, just because I'm successful in this world and I'm saved and I'm successful, I'm complete. No, the Bible says you only see through a glass darkly. You're only living a small portion, a little image of what we will be, what we will have in Jesus Christ. I thank God for all the scriptures about uh, heaven and paradise, but how many believe that it's going to kind of really exceed your expectations? I believe that because we see through a glass darkly. We've been only given a little piece and a little glimpse of eternity. And so the Bible says that this is the time of grace. This is that short time. This is that temporary time. This is that earthly time. Amen. But how many know we can, we can really see God move in this day? We all know that. We talk about it. But I believe that we need to take into consideration and focus that we are, this is temporal. This is just not going to last. We're only passing through. One of the things I really believe in closing, I want to say that everything about Jesus will be proven in the end. Everything about Jesus Christ will be proven in the end. And so you can argue all you want to you about with people about does Jesus exist. Everything historical that's been discovered will be proven in the end. Everything that's been spoken in the Bible will be proven in the end. Every claim that Jesus himself made of being the Son of God, will be proven in the end. I just need to believe. I believe that Jesus is the Son of the living God. I believe that I have eternal life. I believe that He is my Savior. I believe that my home is in heaven. How many know I would rather believe than take a chance to see if it's wrong or not? Amen. But it's going to be proven in the end. It's going to be proven. Jesus Christ, whether he's a liar, whether he's a, a fraud, whether he was, he was just some guy that claimed to be the Messiah, it's all going to be proven in the end. I don't know about you, but I believe. I believe that everything that Jesus said, he is. Amen. He is everything he said he was. He is the Messiah. He was before Abraham. He was God manifested in the flesh. He is the Son of God. He is our sacrifice. He is our Savior. Come on, he does take away our sins. He is coming back to this world. I believe in it. Amen. You believe in that today? Amen. Are you thankful for eternal life? Amen. Not just life abundantly here on earth, but amen. We've got a home in heaven. Our names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Let's stand on our feet today and give God a cheer. Amen. Amen. Lord, we just thank you for that. Thank you for eternal life. Thank you, Lord, that my name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. That, Lord, when I do stand before you, I'll hear those words, well done, the enter into the joy of the Lord. Thank you, Lord. We thank you for eternal life today through Jesus Christ. Lord, you didn't come just to make my life better, just to make a better version of me. You came to give me the gift of eternal life. And I thank you, Lord, that I want, want to be responsible with this gift. I don't want to take it for granted and take it lightly, Lord. I, I, I think soberly about this today. Lord, that you just didn't call me to eternal life, but the whole world. And I thank you for that today. Amen. You know, someone would ask yourself, I don't know if you'd, whether read, watch the news or listen to people, you know, you can't help but ask yourself, what is the world coming to? <laughs> you know what we can say? The end. It's coming to the end. How many know Jesus promised that this world will end? 
What we see will end. It's, going, it's coming to an end. You know, those people that walk around, the end is near. Well, that's kind of true. I'm not telling you to be those crazy people, but, you know. And you know something? I heard Morris Murillo say this years ago, and I really loved it. He said that we've got two problems in America. We've got Christians or sinners without God trying to be happy, and we've got Christians who are bored. We've got people that are trying, without God, they're trying to find fulfillment, trying to find satisfaction in the temporal, and yet we've got Christians who don't see and understand eternity. I mean, that's a problem. But when we're living under the influence of the end, we'll understand that we are eternal beings, that God is eternal, that the salvation that Jesus gives us is eternal life, and that we are commanded by God to tell everybody, to give everybody an invitation, to extend this offer, this free gift to everyone, that Jesus Christ wants to love you and He wants to be in a loving relationship with you forever in all eternity. He doesn't want you to face the second death. He doesn't want you to face the wrath of God at this end of grace. He doesn't want you to live in eternal separation from Him. He wants you to live in eternal relationship with Him. How many know that's, that's really our mission today? I want to be so caught up with the mission of Jesus in my life. Because, you know, when you stand before the Lord, it's not going to be how famous you are, how much money you had, what you did, how poor you were, the sickness that you had, how well you were, how lucky you were, how blessed you were. It's going to be about, did you do what God called you to do? I put you on the earth for a reason, to be a praise and a glory to me, to spread my word of eternal life. I don't know about you, but, man, I want to take this soberly today. Amen. I want to take this serious today. And I want to say, God, I don't want to waste the grace of God that's been given in my life. I want the Lord to make full use of it. The Bible says that the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. So today when you leave, and I want you to take in consideration and think about this phrase that salvation is a spiritual condition, not a religious view. We're not trying to get people you know, into the Christian faith to put Jesus bumper stickers on their car. We want to see people in heaven. We want people to meet the Savior of their life the one who died for them, the one who loves them eternally. Aren't you glad that God's love is eternal? God's love, when God appeared to Jeremiah, He said, I loved you with an everlasting love. I'm so thankful for that today. So thankful for that today. How many can just lift your hand to heaven and say, I'm so thankful for eternal life. Amen. Thanks. so thankful for eternal life today. Amen. I want to give people an invitation to life everlasting, to the invitation to know Jesus in an everlasting way. Not just temporary relief from their problems, not just temporary satisfaction, but I want to give people the answer to eternal life. Thank you, Lord, today. Amen. Can we put our hands together and give God a cheer today? Just thank God for that. Man, if you're here today and you have a need, maybe you're sick in your body or somebody in your family that's sick, we have a prayer team coming uh, down the front at the end. We want to pray with you. If there's anything that we can uh, just really pray with you through and for, we'd love to do that. Uh, for the rest of you, if you're visiting for the first time, there's people coming around to introduce themselves to you. We do have some coffee. And